when the Supreme Court outlaws affirmative action on college campuses, how much will that decrease wokeness? Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. Glenn Lowry has Amy Wax on his The Glenn Show podcast. And I've talked about her in previous episodes, but she's a University of Pennsylvania, which is one of the big dog Ivy League schools. Um, She's a law professor there. And they're trying to fire her. She has tenure, but tenure doesn't necessarily mean that you can never be fired. But she has said that, um, I forget her exact phrasing, but something like black students in her class are rarely in the top half of her class and almost never in the top quarter of her class, I guess based on grades. And so that's racist. It's probably true. It's almost certainly true, but you know, it's considered racist, put it that way. And so they got some sort of process that you go through when you want to fire a tenured professor. You know, when you have tenure, you're supposed to not be able to be fired, kind of. Like, you know, if 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 you if you're a tenured professor and you murder someone on campus, you can be fired. So, you know, it doesn't doesn't protect protect you from everything. I guess what it is, it's supposed to protect you from wrong, you know, the, the, just because you believe the th- wrong things or think the wrong things or teach the wrong ideas, you're not supposed to get fired for it. So, so tenure is exactly the thing that's supposed to protect her. And, you know, but just because something's supposed to protect you, whatever, injustices are done every day. And so she may get fired. And Glenn, he's a, you know, he's a Ivy League economist and he breaks down why what she said is basically necessarily true or at least that particular statement. She's done a bunch of stuff. They made, they made a laundry, laundry list. I mean, you know, they made the list as long as they possibly could to try and get her fired. You did this, you did that. But um, affirmative action basically guarantees that you know any group, let's just pretend it's purple people. If you let purple people into college with worse um, like SAT scores, you, know, you say, oh, everyone else needs to have an 800 on their SAT, but purple people can come into college if they have a 400 then just guaranteed, all of a sudden, you're going to have the purple people getting the worst grades in their classes that they're in. You might say, well, just, you know, maybe they'll work harder. But uh, colleges, they, I mean, colleges have a love-hate relationship. For law school, it's actually the LSAT, but anyways, the the LSAT. But colleges have a love-hate currently relationship with the tests because apparently the tests work, you know. For a hundred years or something, they've been using these tests and finding, uh, whatever, getting the people that they want. The very smart people who do very well in the various classes using these tests to, you know, how do you tell? How do you tell if this high school senior is good or that high school senior is good? Well, you give them a test and you take the one that gets the phenomenal score. But so Amy was saying that they're trying to have it two ways, which is that basically people think affirmative action is wonderful and it's great that it lets in purple kids with low scores on the test. But then they're like, once those purple kids are in the school, oh, they're just as good as everyone else. Obviously, I mean, you know, you you racist against purple people. <laughs> why the hell are you saying that they're, you know, why would you ever say that they don't get as good uh, grades as the non-purple kids? I guess basically it's like, low scores are great for purple kids. Purple kids don't have low scores, you racist. And so I've said all that before, but she said something that was kind of interesting and got me thinking, which is what does this do to like the college, I don't know, administration and just 
you know, the workers, the, the, t the professors and the administration people? What does it do to them? You know, they, they have to lie. They have to lie. You know, they yeah, basically they have to lie. They have to go low, low scores for purple kids is great. And then they have to lie and say purple kids don't have low scores. So they have to lie. And it kind of basically does that. Does, does having to do that kind of cognitive dissonance, lying to yourself, lying to other people, you know, censoring yourself. Don't say what you think. If you, if you think that, if you think the wrong thing, um, what does that do to the college? And does, does it make it woke? Does that thing make it woke? That kind of cultural, I don't know, thing. I'm just going to say things. I don't know what to call it. You get the idea. Does it, but does, does that whole thing make college woke? And so that was what, you know, that's what I've been thinking about the last, I don't know, 10 minutes. And so here's the upshot. We're about to find out. I don't know if it make co makes colleges woke, but we're about to find out because the Supreme Court is about to outlaw affirmative action. And so what will that do? I think, well, okay, the first thing that that will do, well, so now we're talking about, I'm gonna say, you know, this is black students. Now I wanna say something nice. So I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say it's black students this time. If you get rid of affirmative action, black students will be equally qualified to every other type of student. When you look at, you know, some Ivy League law school first year class, you know, they got those amphitheaters where they'll have like 300 students or something in the class. Well, when you look out, in, out into that crowd and you see, you know, a young, chipper, black student face, I mean, they, they, they may be at the top of the class. I mean, that's what's going to happen. Black students may be at the top of the class all of a sudden. I mean, basically, they'll have an equal chance. Every race of student and gender and blah, blah, will have an equal chance of being at the top of the class. You know, you, just, you, look out, you look out in the audience, you'll see a white face. They may be at the top, they may be at the bottom. Equal chance. You look out in the audience, you see a black face. They may be at the top, they may be at the bottom. Equal chance. And so I don't know if that's, I think that's a form of equality. I don't know. I mean, all the races will be equally good at these highly selective universities. And so does that change wokeness in itself? I don't think so, but then I got another couple ideas on maybe how maybe it will. Like currently what happens with, I mean, this is going to be a gross exaggeration, but uh, what happens with like black kids that get into Harvard is because of affirmative action, because they had lower test scores and are not as prepared and don't do as well in the school, in the classes and are at the bottom or in the bottom quarter or whatever of their classes, they end up changing their major a bunch towards something easier. And let me tell you, white, white people do this all the time too. I mean, all across America, there's people who start college and go, I'm gonna be an engineer. And then, up, oh, I came out with a communications degree. But it happens disproportionately to black students because of affirmative action, because they've been let in with lower scores. And so what will happen is, after affirmative action has gotten rid of, the black students who get into Harvard, you know, they start off saying, I want to be an electrical electrical engineer. They're going to finish as an electrical engineer. Or at least they will be equally good at sticking to their chosen major as white kids will be. And Asian. Everyone. All the races will be equally good at sticking to their chosen major. And I'm just spitballing here. But why would that reduce wokeness? Well, a lot of times when... 
I mean, this is a gross, like I say, gross exaggerations. I got no numbers to back up any of this stuff. But anyways, when a black kid starts out thinking they're going to be an electrical engineer and they find out they can't hack it because they were chosen with lower scores than all the Asian kids or whatever, what they, what they tend to gravitate towards is like stuff like African-American studies. I mean, I don't even know what a degree in African-American studies teaches you, but apparently it's easier than engineering. And I have a feeling that it makes you woke. Or, you know, maybe you're already woke and it gives you a chance to really get your wokeness, let your freak flag fly, let your woke flag fly. But basically, the number of kids switching from whatever over to African-American studies is going to decrease and maybe decrease enormously. I didn't mention, but if you get rid of affirmative action, the thing, the thing that's bad about that, or, you know, in quotes, bad about that is... You, ha you have less black kids. The thing that's good is the black kids are more uh, qualified. The thing that's bad is there's less of them. But so a giant drop in African-American studies and other stuff like that, um, you know, underwater basket weaving with an emphasis on African history. Well, less of the students doing that is probably going to be a decrease in wokeness. And then... Also, when you don't have students taking your underwater basket weaving with an emphasis on African history, it means you need less professors who teach underwater basket weaving with an emphasis on African history. So you're going to have a decrease in woke professors. I mean, if you got a PhD in mechanical engineering, you just go to school each day and teach mechanical engineering. But if you got a degree in some weird intersectional feminism... BIPOC, whatever, you don't just go to school and teach that stuff. You know, it's, uh, I mean, oh my God. Sorry, my cat just climbed me like a tree. That hurt. It's, it jumped on me, started at my belly, made it up to my coll collarbone. Our faces were like inches away, nose to nose. And that scared it and it scared me and then it jumped off. Anyways, if you have, if you're a professor who's basically teaching horse shit, um, I think, you know, I think, whatever, it makes you do, it makes you woke. It makes you woke. You're like, you know what? My horseshit is just as good as engineering. And if you think it ain't, you're racist. You know, it makes you woke. It makes you woke. It makes you make false accusations of racism. The truth, truth is, those majors are not as good as engineering. They're stupid and they should go away. And so, you know, it makes people defensive, obviously. You know, like, you're going to take away my... $250,000 a year job, uh, you know, people get real defensive. I would get defensive too. All right, when a cat climbs you like a tree, it's time to move on to the next idea. And that's the, uh, I like D-I-E, die, but anyways, D-E-I, the diversity, equity, and inclusion people. These are people that, once again, make, you know, six figures working at universities, and they promote, well, whatever, whatever diversity, equity, and inclusion are, well, they may not be needed. Those jobs may be about to go away. And, like, their whole job is to look for racism, and when they don't find it, make a false accusation of racism. I mean, they, they are their whole job is to be woke. And I forget how many layers Glenn said, but Glenn, Glenn was talking about there was a job posting. He works, at, he works at Brown University. That's one of the worst... I don't know. I think that's one of the lesser Ivy League schools. But anyways, still Ivy League. I think better in Dartmouth. 
I was trying to name the Ivy League schools the other day, and I, I could only think of seven of them. Let's see. Let's see if I can do it now. Well, now I could do it. I could do it now because the one I was missing was Dartmouth. You know, but the way to do it is think of the old states and go like, New York, what do they got? Oh, Columbia. New Jersey, what do they got? Oh, Princeton. Massachusetts, what do they got? Oh, Harvard. And then it gets a little trickier. You're like, Pennsylvania. Oh, the University of Pennsylvania. I mean, that sounds like a state school, but it's not. And then you got Rhode Island and Delaware. Those are the tricky ones. One of those is Brown, and the other one of those is Dartmouth. I don't know. All right, let's finish this, or I'm probably leaving one out. Anyways, New York gets two of them. They really have three, but New York gets two of them, and the other one is Cornell. That's the only um, state school that's an Ivy League school as well, but a public university, whatever that means. Cornell is public, not private. The rest of them are all private. And then Princeton is in New Jersey, but basically, you know, it's, it's, across, it's across a river from Manhattan, so it's basically a New York school. Oh, Connecticut, Yale. I think that's all of eight. And I'm not sure, but they probably all star started off by like some sort of Christian church or something. Some sort of Christian organization uh, wanting to start a university. And they're called Ivy Leagues because apparently Ivy grows on bricks. And the older the brick building is, the more Ivy you get on them. I mean, basically it just means they're old. Ivy League means that they're the oldest ones. Harvard, for instance, the most famous one, it's also the oldest university in America. Oh, and I'll mention uh, Stanford. Stanford is in California, so it's not nearly as old. I mean, it wasn't even a state when all that stuff went down. But uh, Stanford is now, Stanford and Harvard are competing to be the best university in the world. And then I have some friends, women. Uh, I know two of them who went to Princeton. Well, the second one of them went to Princeton because the first one told them that Princeton was awesome. And I think, I think whatever, they were like, they could have gone to Harvard if they wanted just the best school, but I think they went to Princeton because they wanted to, you know, they wanted the nightlife of New York City. I have no idea. I need to ask them. Next time I see them, I need to ask them about that. I, I don't know why they chose Princeton, but they could have gone to Harvard and they chose Princeton. And of course, I went to community college, at least a lot of the time. All right, but back to what I was talking about. The DEI, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion workers. Oh, that's right. Okay, so Glenn was talking about how Brown University was hiring a DEI person to work with the students. It doesn't matter. I forget what it was. But at Brown University, I think they had five levels of DEI um, workers. Like, you know, you, this worker answers to this, you know, to this low-level manager. And then that low-level DEI manager answers to the medium-level DEI manager and the medium one answers to the high one and then there's some top dog on top of all of that so I think they have like five yeah like I say five or six layers of people answering to other people all in the whatever DEI thing okay thing it's the only word I got today and so I don't know exactly I think I think the situation they have now is they let a black kid into brown this kid is like, I'm going to be an electrical engineer. All of a sudden, he's flunking out of electrical engineering. So the DEI people swoop in and say, we're here to help. And then, hey, why don't we just switch you over to African-American studies? And then I guess they go back to their office and go, what a great worker I am. Solved another tough one. I mean, I don't know what they do. And then, and then they look for like, you know what? This means that engineering is racist. I think that's what they do. They switch the student over to African-American studies, and then they go 
find a reason to call the engineering professors racist. But anyways, when black students are completely and utterly qualified, just like every other student, I don't think they're going to be needed. So, you know, that's just going to be like, poof, poof. All these DEI people who had their jobs, you know, and maybe, I mean, you know, what, what, here's, a, here's a question. What job, what six-figure job can you get with a degree in African-American studies from Brown? I think the answer, the obvious answer is you're a DEI person at Brown. So that's really going to change things. That's going to that's gonna get rid of all those jobs. There's not going to be people wanting to go into that ma- major as much. I mean, you know, I th- maybe white women. It'd be interesting. Maybe white women will start going into African-American studies a ton. You know, a bunch of Karens and keep that thing. Who knows? That might be a booming business. All right. It's getting long enough here, I guess. But so... You know, what? How, how might universities get less woke? Those are some ideas based on a Supreme Court decision that's coming down, I don't know, not before October. Okay, and the other thing I was kind of thinking was, I was like, is anti-woke winning? Like, you know, the war of anti-woke versus woke. Is anti-woke winning? And the answer was, like, I feel like anti-woke is winning, but what am I basing that on? And after I thought about it a while... The answer is nothing. I'm basing that on nothing. You know, on my on my podcast where no one uh, refutes what I say, anti-woke is crushing it. And, you know, I mean, we, we no longer have the riots of 2020, but other than that, I just, I don't know. Basically, that was the thing. I was trying to think of how, how anti-woke would, could possibly be winning. And so the Supreme Court striking down affirmative action, even though that's not an anti-woke thing, that's a and that's a Republican thing, and Republicans just want to give money to the rich. They want to take money from the middle class and give it to the rich. But so, inadvertently, while they're taking money from the middle class and giving it to the rich, they've got the Supreme Court that will also strike down affirmative action. So I don't know. That, 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 you can't quite say that's a, a win for anti-woke. You know, anti-woke people are not who got the Supreme Court in there. But I guess it's that thing, it's like... Would you rather be lucky or good? Sometimes it's better to be lucky. So maybe, maybe we're gonna, we're about to have a, some good wins. Maybe the maybe wokeness is about to decrease, decrease as just a byproduct of making the rich richer. Twitter handle at anti woke podcast and thanks for listening.